Good afternoon, everyone. Earlier today, the federal government released the draft clean electricity regulations. We will be doing detailed analysis in the months ahead. However, one thing is clear. The draft, or the draft regulations are unconstitutional, irresponsible, unrealistic, and would make life less affordable for Albertans and Canadians. They will not be implemented in our province, period. They can't. We are beginning our talks with the federal government, and if we can't get alignment, Alberta will chart its own path to ensure we have reliable and affordable electricity for the people we serve. This means making sure we have adequate natural gas baseload and incentivizing CCUS abated natural gas generation, small modular reactors, hydrogen, and a sustainable amount of wind, solar, and other renewables to drive down electricity costs. Albertans and our government care about responsible environmental stewardship. We are confident Alberta's plan will get us to a reliable and affordable carbon-neutral power grid by 2050. This is the direction Alberta is going. We invite the federal government to support us. We need to be realistic. The world is going to need a lot more electricity. Estimates indicate the power demand could double between now and 2050, and Canada's generation capacity will need to be up to three times larger than it is right now. These regulations were a chance to set us on a road towards a modern, reliable, and resilient grid, and to energy reliability, security, and affordability for Canada. Instead, we've seen the federal government put ideology before common sense, affordability, and reliability once again. These regulations seem to completely disregard how the electricity systems actually work in provinces like Alberta. What was released today is a bait-and-switch, pretending to allow natural gas to continue while creating conditions where plants are forced to power down. Either way, as currently written, the clean electricity regulations will make electricity less reliable and more expensive for homes and businesses across the country. Three weeks ago, I had my first meeting with my federal counterpart. During that meeting, I specifically raised Alberta's concerns that these regulations threaten reliability. In the dead of winter or the middle of summer, Albertans need natural gas to keep our grid running, keep families from freezing, to turn the lights on, to run air conditioning and businesses operating. Alberta's natural gas power plants cannot simply be kept in the cupboard and brought out to turn on and off whenever they're needed. These are massive commercial operations. They need to be viable and available when needed most. The bottom line, despite what is being said, these regulations do not have the flexibility needed to support a reliable future, and not just in Alberta. In Saskatchewan, in New Brunswick, and in Nova Scotia, and for all the other Canadians who need reliable electricity for decades to come. The financial cost of implementing these regulations in such a short time would also be astronomical, and these costs will ultimately be paid for by families and businesses in the years ahead. Recently, the Public Policy Forum report pegged the cost at well over $1 trillion, and the Conference Board of Canada had previously put the cost at $1.7 trillion. When we see numbers like that, who would trust the federal government's math? We are here to represent Albertans, and their concerns, again, are affordability and reliability. We can't afford drastic increases to our bills. Can you imagine... Being a parent of young children, having to ration power and not being able to turn on your light switches in the middle of the night in the middle of winter. 
Albertans and others will be reviewing this regulation closely and rest assured this will be part of our talks with the federal government because, again, our feedback is not seen in the regulation released today. And let us be very clear. Alberta will not accept these clean electricity regulations. That is firm and it is non-negotiable. We care about environmental stewardship and have an emissions reduction and energy development plan. We can achieve our environmental goals in a much more realistic way that doesn't jeopardize jobs, our economy, or put Albertans at risk. And we'll be making sure our federal counterparts hear that message. With that, I'm happy to take your questions. Okay, we'll start in the room. One question, one follow-up, and then I'll hit the phone lines. Go ahead. Name and outlet. Yeah. Uh, Sean Polzer, Western Standard. Um, so in his remarks this morning, um, Minister Jabul said um, he specifically referenced the meeting in Calgary and said that uh, he had solicited feedback from uh, business leaders and government officials, which I'm assuming is you, and that uh, the mess his takeaway was they just want to know what the rules are. So I guess the question is, did he listen to anything that you guys said? Like, what was the feedback? You know, I think what we're seeing again is mixed messages and contradiction from the federal government. They say that this addresses affordability and reliability, but then they've put provisions in these regulations that do the exact opposite. Uh, they know it's costly. They know it's risky. The federal government knows this, and yet they're still moving ahead. And so I, I think that that's the concern that we have. Uh, you know, we have been hearing uh, from folks within uh, the power and, and natural gas industry all morning since these federal uh, regulations have been released, and I can tell you that there is huge concern. And that's not just in Alberta. I think we're seeing that across the country as well. So I guess the follow-up is, uh, what are the next steps then? The, they've gone up for what, uh, uh, discussion period of what, 75 days? Uh, supposedly for more feedback. Um, so what what is specifically uh, your role and what can be done if they continue on this mm -hmm. course? Uh, Premier Daniel Smith has set up discussions between our province and the federal government to discuss everything from these clean electricity regs and, of course, uh, a potential emissions cap, which would, again, be a non-starter for the province of Alberta. This will absolutely be something that is raised in those discussions. Um, but again, you know, these regulations, as they've been presented, absolutely will not be accepted by Alberta. Uh, the example, uh, I'll give you one example, and that's really around natural gas. We need a natural gas. Uh, we need that to back up our system. Uh, again, if you are a parent or a family or a business and you're trying to operate or live your life uh, in the middle of January in a province like Alberta, you absolutely want to see the lights go on when you flip the switch and that you can continue to heat your homes and live your life in an affordable way. Uh, these regulations put that at risk. They say, for example, that we can continue to see natural gas production, yet then they've changed provisions or are presenting to change uh, provisions for the lifespan of natural gas plants from 40 to 20 years. Who's going to build that plant with a lifespan of 20 years? And so this is what we continue to see from the federal government. It's a bait and switch. It's not going to work for Albertans uh, or, quite frankly, a number of other provinces across the country. Anybody else have, anybody else have questions in the room? 
with uh, CTV Calgary. Uh, in this uh, draft regulation, they, they talk about uh, flexibility allowing for some limited roles of fossil fuels. Um, I'm wondering if there's any flexibility for Alberta to, 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 to do this. And if, if 2050 is that hard deadline, are we are we able to, at 2050, get to that point where we're not relying on uh, fossil fuels? Is that kind of the, the deadline you're looking at? Yeah. You know, our Premier has been very clear that we have an emissions reduction and energy development plan that aspires to net zero by 2050. The federal government setting an arbitrary target of 2035 for a net zero electricity grid is uh, completely unrealistic. It's also unconstitutional. Uh, and of course, it impedes the affordability and reliability of our grid for everyday Albertans. And so uh, I would suggest that uh, we would like to see the federal government uh, have those discussions in good faith and and let's agree to what things look like in 2050 but not pick arbitrary goals that are essentially going to make life less affordable for Albertans and Canadians. So do you envision a future where we would not have any reliance on fossil fuels on our electricity grid? You know uh, our emissions reduction and energy development plan was just released this spring and it's not about an either or approach it's all the above. We have some of the most sustainably produced oil and gas in the entire world. We have the opportunity right now to be leaders in Alberta, in Canada and worldwide when it comes to emissions reduction by getting more of our products to market. We want to see our energy industry be sustainable for decades to come. We also want to see continued investment in renewables. We want to see technology like CCUS and hydrogen and small modular reactors. It's not an either-or discussion. It's all the above. Anybody else on the floor? No? Okay, operator, let's go to the first caller, please. Thank you, Alex McQuaig, Western, Western producer. <clears throat> Thanks for taking my call, Minister. I guess leaving it from it out of that last point, uh, either or. When we're talking about renewables uh, and on agricultural land, I mean, currently landowners have the right to in, make sure there's a, a remediation program in place, ask for a bond, even have the choice to say no to a project. And I guess maybe if you can explain a little bit of the rationale uh, for this moratorium that essentially is going to uh, take decisions out of the hands of landowners. So I would say that's one of the considerations uh, as we move forward. Right now, we have announced a six to seven month pause on renewable investments, and that's for a number of reasons. Uh, you know, as Alberta is known as a province of innovators, we are open for business. In fact, we saw 75% of a renewable investments in Canada uh, last year in the province of Alberta. Now, this is still a relatively new industry, and obviously that growth is rapid. We have an opportunity right now uh, to put parameters in place to make sure that we have reliability and sustainability and affordability in our grid, but also to address those concerns that have been raised uh, around liability and reclamation. Certainly in my previous role as the Minister of Municipal Affairs, this is one of the main items I heard uh, when I was at the rural municipalities uh, conventions. It has something that we've been hearing about um, increasingly so over the last number of months and something the Premier has been very clear uh, in discussing over the last number of months as well. So this work has to be done. And I think in the interest of investor certainty and charting a clear path forward, it's better to do that work sooner rather than later. Alex, do you have a follow-up? Uh, yeah. I'm not sure if you addressed my question regarding the landowners 
role in this. I mean, currently, I'm not sure if there's a bigger footprint for RV storage on irrigated acres than mm-hmm. than, than renewable energy. I mean, it, it the idea is truly to to protect agricultural land. Yeah. Wouldn't you look at the, the whole issue rather than just renewables? And 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 the idea that you're open for business. I mean. I'm based in Medicine Hat. There's hundreds of people here who have just been giving a, a given a six month layoff slip from the Alberta government. Uh, and you know those businesses that have been doing well with uh, with the economic spinoffs. I, I guess can you explain that a little bit more? I mean, it seems like a pretty drastic measure with broad ramifications. That maybe could have been a bit. Uh, You know, this is a six to seven month pause to make sure that we are getting this right. We have heard concerns about reliability and sustainability of our grid as well as affordability. We need to make sure that we have a reliable grid so that when Albertans need power, they have access to it. Uh, of course, we've also heard concerns about making sure that our prime agricultural land uh, is protected. And so these are all things that are going to have to be considered over this next six to seven months. Operator, let's go to the next caller, please. Thank you. Emma Grady, Globe and Mail. Yeah, g'day, Minister. Thanks for taking my questions, as always. Um I guess off the back of Alice's question, if you could actually, and then I've got an actual question for you and a follow-up, um, but that specific notion of taking um, the freedom off of Albertans to do what they want with their land, considering your party is purports to support individual freedoms and that kind of thing, I think is what he was getting at. If you could address that more, that would be great. Back to the electrical regulations, though. You're talking about this being unconstitutional, but implementation of this, as far as I know, does not rely on provincial consent. So in what way is this unconstitutional? I would say that, especially given the impacts on our natural gas generation, uh, that is absolutely an area of provincial jurisdiction. And so, um, you know, we, like many other provinces across this country, are just asking the federal government to respect those areas of provincial jurisdiction, and especially when it comes to our, our energy development, which is clearly impacted uh, by these regulations. And we do have uh, folks that will be diving in and doing deeper analysis uh, over the coming weeks on exactly what those impacts will be. And like I said, I, I absolutely rec- I recognize, uh, as do my colleagues, that the perspective of landowners is one perspective that absolutely uh, has to be considered as we make decisions about renewable uh, development moving forward. Go ahead, Emma. Yeah, so I, I guess for my follow-up, when it comes to, you know, this this notion of um, Alberta's grid and where we're going to go from here, yet your, you know, actions your government is taking is already impending and will impend, impede, rather, um, investment in the province, particularly in the battery storage thing. Um, you know, many producers I've spoken with are very concerned about where they're going. So it, by your government taking a decision to moratorium on renewables, that put a lot of battery storage projects at risk. And therefore, aren't you undercutting your own argument that the um, federal government is messing with the grid when, in fact, that's what you guys are doing? 
we have to maintain reliability within our electricity grid. And there are a number of concerns, as I've mentioned, that have been raised when it comes to reliability, sustainability, and liability and reclamation. These concerns have to be addressed. And I do think that for our long-term investment certainty, the better time to address those issues is right now to do it quickly within that six to seven month timeline so that we can continue to be open for uh, investment in a much more predictable way. Okay, operator, let's go to the next caller, please. Thank you. Graham Thompson, the star. Yes, thank you. Just to follow up on uh, Emma's question about the constitutionality issue. Um, okay, so what do you do about this? Is this then the next step then is to bring in the Sovereignty Act and fight this on constitutional grounds? You know, the Premier has been very clear that our first step is to sit at the table uh, and have these important discussions with the federal government. We needed to see flexibility. And of course, you know, when uh, the sovereignty within a United Canada Act uh, was tabled and passed in the legislature, the Premier said, you know, we hope that it's a tool that we don't have to use. If we have a federal government that respects areas of provincial jurisdiction and treats all provinces and territories within this country fairly, ideally that would be something that we don't have to use. Uh, we are starting those discussions with the federal government and what's included in today's clean electricity regs. Uh, they are completely unreasonable. Uh, they are concerning when it comes to affordability and reliability of our grid. And these will be discussions that we're taking to that table. Do you have a follow-up, Graham? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So if they're not reasonable and you've been saying for some time, you've talked to the government, the federal government, they're not being reasonable. So if they continue in your eyes to not be reasonable, then will you then start using the Sovereignty Act? Will you take them to court? You're going to force them to court. What is your ultimate step if things don't go your way? Yeah, and I would say, you know, seeing the regulations today, it's dis disappointing and quite frankly disrespectful that a lot of the feedback that Alberta provided was not included in what was released today. And I think, you know, in my conversation with Minister Gibo yesterday uh, and him expressing that we had 75 days to gather feedback uh, when his colleagues told us just weeks ago that we would have, you know, potentially up to eight to nine months, this is very concerning for us. So again, Premier has been very clear. Um, we want to see the federal government come to the table in good faith, have these discussions. Uh, but, you know, if, if we continue to see the federal government uh, disrespect areas of provincial jurisdiction, um, then we have to use every tool in our toolbox to fight back. All right, we have time for two more questions. Operator, next question, please. Sarah Ryan, Global News. Hi, Minister. Thank you for taking my question. Um, you say it's not possible to achieve a net zero grid by 2035, but electricity generating companies are already doing that in Alberta on their own. ATCO, for example, sold off most of their fossil fuels and invested in solar and wind. They're not alone. Transalta is doing this. Capital Power is doing this. They're all investing in renewables. So if the power companies are already doing this themselves, why is the province saying it's not possible? So our role is not to represent one company or another or one industry or another. It is to represent Albertans. Albertans' top uh, issues right now are affordability and reliability of our grid. With a cost of potentially up to $1.7 trillion and the federal government not having stepped up to make any of those technological investments that we need uh, to see this, this actually happen by 2035, uh, it's just not doable. We cannot... Uh, sit by while federal government regulations drive up people's electricity costs by three, four, five times. That is not
not something that Albertans want to see right now. And again, we have to maintain uh, this, the reliability of our entire grid. And so uh, that will continue to be our focus, is making sure that uh, we have reasonable targets. Obviously, uh, our goal is reaching carbon neutrality uh, by 2050. That's our aspiration. We would like to do that alongside industry. Uh, but we're not here to represent one company or another. We're here to represent Albertans and the entire system. Do you have a follow-up, Sarah? I do, thank you. You keep talking about affordability with power bills, right? But are you accounting for the cost of inaction, the increased costs Albertans are facing and will continue to face due to climate change if we do not take measures urgently, the cost that people and the government incurred with the wildfires this spring or the cost of rising cost of insurance as a result of homes burning or flooding in our province? Stewarding our environment is something that matters to Albertans and to our government, and that's why this spring we released our Emissions Reduction and Energy Development Plan that outlines our goals and aspirations to carbon neutrality by 2050. Uh, this is reasonable. Uh, we will be working to uh, provide specifics and, and interim goals uh, as the next step to releasing that plan. But what the federal government is uh, releasing today is unrealistic and completely unachievable as as well as unaffordable uh, for the vast majority of provinces across Canada. All right, let's go to our last caller. Thank you. Michelle Belfontaine, CBC. Uh, hi, Minister. Thanks for taking my question. You, you keep talking about reliability, and you even raise a scenario where people would have to ration electricity in the middle of winter. Um, and the Pembina Institute is saying, you know, quote, the wind and solar together with storage, energy efficiency, and demand size side measures can provide the same energy reliability as gas power plants at a lower cost in many provinces. So how do you respond to that? Um, as I've mentioned, to get to these targets by 2035, we would need uh, vast investments in infrastructure and technology, and the federal government has just not stepped up in those areas. So then when we look at estimated costs of $1.3 to $1.7 trillion, who's going to pay for that? It's Albertans. It's Albertans paying for that either on their electricity bills or through their tax dollars. Uh, I don't think that that's something fair to ask Albertans or Canadians to do right now when the cost of living has been driven up by a number of the federal government's uh, other decisions and, and policies and, and spending. And so, you know, when we look at uh, also some of the feedback that we've received from our regulators about concerns uh, about reliability and making sure that we have adequate baseload to support uh, the renewable generation that's happening, that's a very real concern. It's something we need to look at, and it's something that we will be working on uh, across ministries and with our regulators over the next six to seven months. Go ahead, Michelle. I mean, yeah, just as a follow-up, I mean, uh, it, 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 you, you keep talking about wanting to sit down at the table with the federal government, and you want them to listen to your concerns. But, I mean, you know, any kind of negotiation requires one, both sides pretty much to give up something. And then you come into the middle and you, and, and you come up with a solution. So, I mean, what is that? I mean, it, it does seem, I mean, just on the face of things, that the federal government is giving industry 12 years to prepare for the transition. They're allowing natural gas plants that are operating now to phase out over 20 years. I mean, they seem to be bending a little bit here. So what is Alberta prepared to bend on? 
You know, uh, Michelle, I would just say this. Uh, we have had a number of conversations with our federal counterparts, and they've said, you know, Al- Alberta, Saskatchewan, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, we've heard your concerns about affordability and reliability. Uh, I don't think that that is entering into negotiations or discussions in good faith that, you know, they say that they hear those messages and then they release regulations that do the complete opposite. Um, we will be at the table. Uh, the Premier has been very clear. These are important discussions. They, right now, uh, are going to cover everything from electricity to uh, the federal government's proposed uh, emissions cap, something that uh, would, in fact, cap energy production in our province. And it, again, is something that we've said that we absolutely cannot accept. We continue to see a pattern of the federal government saying one thing and doing another, driving up the costs of everything for Albertans and Canadians, including uh, their electricity costs in this case. I mean, we also continue to see the federal government put forward regulations and legislation that have the exact opposite impact of what they're trying to achieve, whether that be clean electricity regulations right now, which are completely unachievable, a proposed oil and gas cap, which would actually have the opposite impact on emissions reduction if we can't displace other energy sources uh, with Albertan and Canadian energy. And then, for example, the federal plastics legislation, uh, where uh, I've been talking a lot about uh, Calgary Co-op and their compostable bags, a replacement uh, for plastic. It also has helped to increase compostability here in Calgary. They're banned by ECCC. What we are asking for is some common sense from the federal government and to put common sense ahead of ideology. We have an opportunity right now to be world leaders and represent all Canadians across our nation. We invite the federal government to step up to the table. Thanks, everybody.